0: Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, guys. I know another episode. What is going on? Are you liking multiple episodes? (laughs) Let me know. I'm trying a bunch of different types of audio content and actually really enjoying it. So who knows? Who knows? But I had an idea today because I got so much great feedback uh, when I did the clinic. And I felt like a lot of the concepts everyone really deals with, with young and green horses. And I was flatting one of them today, thinking about how helpful it might be if I walked you through my ride and the different things I was doing or dealing with and the tips and advice that came up through it. So I hooked up and recorded this. I doubted my mic, but it actually works really great. The problem is I was clicking on something when I was posting and cantering. So I apologize for that. But I'm going to work on it. I think I could probably record a bunch of different ones on different horses with different concepts if I learned how to hook up better. Um, but If you guys like this, it would mean the world to me if you could rate the podcast. I know on Spotify and I think on Apple Podcasts now, you can just click the five-star rating or leave a review if you feel like you have something to say. And I also would encourage you to leave me an audio message. There's an option to do that on most of the the podcast platforms. And I would absolutely love to hear your voice. If you have any questions, equestrian or business related or anything, feedback, I would love to hear it. And if you have a friend that would benefit from an episode like this or any of the other ones, please share it with them. Thank you guys so much. And I will... Yeah, I'll let you get into this. Let me know. Welcome to the Spring in Equestrian podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Parr, and this is the place to be for all things equestrian lifestyle, horses, entrepreneurship, and inspiration for all of your equestrian endeavors. I'm here to get your insider's addition to what it's really like having a business or career in the equestrian industry and find out how people balance their passion and their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here with me, so come along for the ride. Okay, I'm interested to see if this will work, but I thought I'd take you guys along with me on my, one of my flat rides today. We're also outside and it's windy, so we'll see. Um, And this horse particularly doesn't really love when I talk to you, so it's good practice for her. Um, But I just thought I'd use this opportunity to walk you through my little flat ride here and kind of... Articulate what I'm doing as I'm doing it because I know so many of you are interested in something like this now It's hard without the visual of the horse But maybe you could actually You know use your imagination and visualize and think of the things that your horse does when you're under saddle as well And perhaps it would be of help. So if you're hearing this I've listened to it and audio is manageable Um, but I've just got on we're walking and I'm actually starting to go across the diagonal. And this one's really kind of uh, inconsistent with her contact. She's pretty green, but we're learning how to stay straight and move off the leg and take the leg pressure without panicking. She's one of those types that actually is overly sensitive with the leg and, um, has a little bit of a high asymmetrical Uh, position when she goes, you know, from left to right, she kind of pokes her right shoulder both directions and really latches onto my right rein, particularly. Um, And a lot of young horses do have a favorite rein that they like to hold onto and balance on. So you always have to make sure that when, and I'm always doing this too, even at the walk right now, I have some contact and I'm trying to make sure that I have an, an elastic contact on both sides of her mouth. And I think that's like one of the biggest mistakes I find with riders, whether I'm coaching or we're clinicking or... Anything like that is we use the reins independent of one another, and we kind of you know, you have to think about where that rein is pulling and the pressure that it's putting on your horse. So, if you're not using both hands at the same time in conjunction with one another, you're really just pressing putting pressure on the side of your horse's face. And of course, what's going to happen is they're well, they're not going to like that as much, but also they're going to lean on the bridle, lean on the side of the bit. Um, and then the organization of your hand and leg isn't exactly going to work because you have leaky energy so if you're using you know your horse is leaning on your inside hand right now she's leaning on my outside hand which I'm liking Um, and I'm not you know attached at all to another rein then it's very simple for her to drop her inside shoulder and pop right now I'm going to the left and I've just worked on trying to get her to settle onto my right rein a little bit. So I'm closing my left calf. I'm making sure that my right arm is pretty stoic. It's still in an elastic contact, but I wanna have a more strong contact on my outside rein currently. And my left rein is here off of her neck. You know, my left leg is creating the bend. I'm not trying to use my left rein to pull up against and across over her neck to create the bend at this point in time. That's kind of more of an emergency rein situation. we have a nice shape going on and she's starting to sit on it quietly and walk in a good forward rhythm and there's moments and times here when she wants to invert and try and get away from that outside contact so always trying to just lightly carry my hand if she carries her head to get above the vertical or above the bridle i'm just going to pick it up a little bit so that she doesn't learn that she can do that and that would definitely i'm just going to change direction here while i'm talking that would definitely be my next point is When we're teaching young horses to go on the bridle or in the context, we always tend to make the mistake of trying to pin our hand down because you feel like you're trying to pull your horse's head down or keep your horse's head down or keep your hands quiet so you pin them down. And unfortunately, that means that there's a breaking point where if your horse gets its head high enough, you no longer have a a direct connection or leverage. So I would always advise if you're walking now, we've changed direction to the right. And this is where I have to work a little bit harder because she wants to sit on my inside leg. So I'm just moving her off the right leg. Whenever she does that, I'm making sure, easy, that my left hand's closed to capture the the shoulder that's moving off of my right leg. She's moving her left shoulder left and I'm connecting on my left rein and that's kind of the circular, I'm creating a right bend, asking her off my right leg, capturing with my left rein creating a right bend, moving her off my right leg, capturing her on my left rein over and over because she does want to sit on this right rein, which means I can't hold it consistently hard because she's going to lean on it and I can't not use it because then she won't bend. So it's just intermittent using it indirectly, trying to create the shape, sit her over to the left and create the shape again and sit her over to the left. But to circle back about the hand height, and i know lots of you guys have probably seen videos of me ride and i have i do have a trainer habit of probably carrying my hand too high um, at times depending on the horse but i do always want more of an upward connection on the bridle and i want the horse to feel like they can press down into the contact and we're not braced on each other and so that happens you know a lot of the times we just get in this habit of trying to pull our hand down because we want our horse's head to go down and it actually has the opposite effect because that means that there's a break in the line from your horse's mouth to your wrist, your elbow. And then that means that they can escape your contact if they throw their head in the air. So then they're going to become more and more inverted because they're learning over and over, well, I can escape the pressure if I just run around like a llama, right? And so now I'm just changing direction again because she feels nice and soft. Underneath me, I've moved her both ways onto both reins and she's sitting on the bridle and being less fussy. And you know, this is something, I like this horse in particular for working on contact because she has a motor on her own. Really, a really good one too. She's really sensitive off the leg. Um, But when you have horses that do not want to walk, the walk can be almost the hardest thing. And also can contact because you have to make sure, absolutely number one thing that your horse is moving forward before you ever try to get them to come onto the bridle, come into the contact. Um, so I, I do like this one. She, she wants to move. I know. If you have one that's really resistant, and sometimes they are when they're first starting, okay, they don't really understand why you want them to go so fast or move or actually use their bum muscles because that's hard. And why do they want to do that? Um, so you have to create forward that is the absolute number one thing you don't want to start finicking with your contact or your horse's head at all until your horse actually knows how to move forward so that's your number one step okay and then you can go ahead and start trying to get them to bend properly that's definitely the number two step so we're just going to pick up a trot here she's a little bit um i'll mention what happens hopefully this isn't too loud all of this movement but so in the transition it's interesting when she's I'll call her fresh right now. She's not really willing to stay connected through the transition, and I'll, I'll walk again. Ooh. I'm just trying to stay quiet with my body, let my hip follow the saddle, and let my arm be elastic, but still there on both sides of her mouth. I need that connection. My hands are connected right through her mouth. And my elbow is really, really soft. Because that, this way I have control over. she goes with her shoulder, which means I can put leg on and she's not going to escape sideways. Like babies are all about escaping, okay? So if you have like, you're holding on for dear life on one rein, and you close your leg, well, where are they going to go? They're going to go to the open space that you've created. Okay, and it's not about trapping or being hard with your hands, but I think people really underestimate the value of using your reins together. Um, sorry, so we're about to go back to trot. And she's a little finicky with her head right now. She doesn't want to stay in the field, So I'm going to slow the transition down, which means I'm just going to sit. I'm going to try to push her into the outside rein right now. That's my right rein. And then I'm going to continue in my trot and just try to make sure that every little piece of that transition is how I want it. And I'm not going to be overly picky. I just want her to balance instead of trying to rush through my hand. That was better. Okay, and then at the trot here, she's actually got a really nice rhythm going on on her own. But she's, because again, she's just a little bit fresh, she's a little less accepting of my hand. And so how am I going to solve that? Well, I'm going to go forward first. I'm not going to work on my hand, right? That's really, really what you gotta make sure that you're doing is if the horse is inconsistent in their contact, it's not about the contact. So I'm just gonna open up the trot. I'm gonna keep my hand quiet and closed. And she actually does this thing. And I'm sure you come along with it. If you've ridden something young or inexperienced or that doesn't know how to hold contact properly is they'll test the boundaries of the parameters that you set with how long or short or whatever your reins go. She kind of reaches to the end where I don't want to give anymore and she tugs or she lifts, she's actually not lifting her head too, too much, but some of them will, they'll lift and they'll try to rush. Okay. So right now she's actually, she wants to be down, but she wants to get to the end of the rope, essentially, and start tugging for more. Um, because in that moment where she finds that space I'm creating, she has to engage and carry herself for a minute and she goes, (laughs) No, no, let me run onto my front end, okay? And so in the moment where that, you know, she hits the end of my ring length, and she's, you know, trying to reach a little bit too low compared to what I would like, I'm going to make sure my hand's closed so that when she tugs and my seat and core are still and, and strong, I'm not unseated, my hand doesn't move, My elbows actually are a little strong because I want her to hit the end of that and recognize that there's no give there. We're in this box. This is where I want you. This space that I'm trying to keep her in is a very soft place. The connection is really supple. And so now I've just done a couple circles and let her kind of pull down and and reach that, ooh, okay, there's nothing, Oh, okay, there's nothing there. For me to tug away i'm gonna settle and now she's starting to kind of settle right into a lovely frame on my right rein because i'm still traveling left and whenever she does try to suck behind my leg because she'll hit that end of the the rein, and she'll try to slow down because she's whacked it instead of connecting underneath herself and lifting her back she goes mm, i'm gonna suck behind my rider well then we just need leg right and forward so she's starting to get more supple feeling good this way and i'm also kind of carrying my outside rein to make a shape with this circle that i'm working on and some of the other spaces i'm working in right now because she has a bit of a rogue right shoulder and sometimes Um, you know, you can use your outside leg. You can, I can kind of correct her with my right leg, but sometimes she actually is so sensitive off that right leg that I prefer to carry my outside rein and draw the outside of my circle using my contact because she's actually truly connected now. She's starting to lift through her back a bit more. Being a lot less, uh, inconsistent with her feel, like she's not trying to reach reach down further than I want her to anymore. So I'm gonna come down to walk in a really good, strong transition. Nice and straight underneath me. Oh, that's a good girl. Yeah. So another thing that we really lack attention to is is how straight our horses are in the transitions downwards, especially. I mean, we can all pay attention. In our upward transitions, we're, we're setting up, we're getting ready to do something, but sometimes we shut down and stop riding when we're going down. And they're just as important for engagement, for balance, for straightness, making sure that your horse is prepared and using themselves properly. And I would, you know, I would um, say that I've seen so many horses and and we still, you know, I always come across these ones, even in training too, where you take the bridle and you try to do a downward transition and your horse goes, perfect. I can lean on you. Thank you. Carry me down. Right. And then they put, you know, whether their heads up or down, they're still leaning on their front end in the downward transition. So, I always tell all of my clients to ride their transitions up instead of forward. And it is the same thing with the downward transitions. You actually wanna ride those in an upward instead of a downward fashion. You gotta think what it would feel like if your horse lifted in their shoulder and sat with their hind end and took your contact and tucked their hocks underneath themselves. And we have to pay attention to those transitions the most because we just have, and horses do too, have the habit of shutting down. Um, and I'm just gonna pick up a trot to the right here. She's she's being a little fussy. She wants to lean on my right rein and I'm just correcting on in a very repetitive basis. You know, we have horses that... Horses like to lean, they're just like people. They have one side they prefer. and They have a different balance they prefer. They have habits in their bodies that they feel more comfortable in. So for her, particularly, she really, likes to sit on this right side here. So the first thing I'm gonna do in my trot is make sure she's actually moving forward off the leg properly, yeah? Good girl. So we've we've established, we spent a lot of time trying to create a very systematic tempo that doesn't really change. And so she's she's been good with this and now it's just a matter of getting her to accept a little bit more left contact than right. And it is truly all about the weight in my hands because I'm connected on both my reins. I'm creating a right shape with her body using my right leg. Um, and I'm trying to shift that little bit of weight, the little extra weight in my right hand that I have right now over to that left one. Using my left leg, sorry, my right leg, we're pooping, good girl. Um, and just making sure that, you know, if you're ever, if you've got a horse leaning, like for instance, right now, I'm trotting on a right circle. She wants to sit on my right hand a little bit. If I don't have this left rein in contact and I just keep asking her off of my right leg, there's no way to her, for her to come off my inside hand. So you're actually just being kind of redundant for your horse if, if you're, prying on whatever hand that they're leaning on and you're trying to move them off it with leg but you're not connecting the opposite hand in contact and you know the hand has to be a little bit of an invitation to capture and move her shoulder out look at the space over here look at where I want your shoulder to go and look at look at where you could move instead of right here on this side where I don't want you yeah. Good girl. And so same thing. I'm gonna just do a really good downward transition where she's not gonna fall on that inside right that I'm feeling right now. So I'm gonna ride the transition slowly. Slow the trot, sit, leg, good. Oh super, you're just a good girl. Yeah, a little spicy today, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, if your horse is hot or if they're quiet, the answer is still forward, still leg. They have to have momentum. Don't start finicking with your horse's face if they're not moving off your leg properly. And really, at the end of the day, if you have a horse that's super good off the leg, they're just gonna sit in your hand properly. You know, we don't, it's not hand first. It's gotta be leg first, especially when you're training. So, and you know, it can be very difficult. I have this horse under me now. She's an absolute tank, think she's probably like 16, 1700 pounds, maybe more. She's a big girl and she's heavy. Like she's got a heavy mouth. She's got a big neck, a big head and a big body. And she doesn't really naturally carry herself all that great. But, you know, making sure that I'm setting her up to learn how to carry herself has made her so much more light to ride. And now she moves like a completely different animal. And you can do that with anything. You just have to be very mindful of the habits that you're you're training and things that you're doing as a rider that might affect the way that they're learning right so um, we'll keep it simple here and we'll just do a little bit of canter and I want to talk about the canter transition because this is something that comes up all the time for every single person I see training for the off the tracks for the baby warm bloods for all of the things horses that (laughs) used to be cart horses like you know, it, it seems to happen with everybody is, we always, you know, we're taught on these school horses usually when we start riding. And what do we do to canter? We kick and we kick and we kick and we kick and we go and we go and our horse finally canters, right? And that gets kind of ingrained in our process until we learn later on how to be more technical and how the horse actually works as far as the biomechanics of the horse go. But, um, you know, many riders even even now, that I work with, we still struggle to maintain, first of all, our position through the canter transition. When we put leg on, what happens to many of us? We collapse, we throw our hand forward and we kick 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 and get the horse into canter, especially if it's a green one and it doesn't know what it's doing. We just go, we go, go, go. And the canter transition is messy and forward. And I mentioned it before but it is so imperative that we teach our horses to lift into the canner not to run into the canter. because guess what happens when you start learning how to jump right there's a big difference between learning how to lift and learning how to run and that comes down you know to the fences it changes their form and their bascule and the way that they approach the fences so the canner is so important for when you're teaching your young horse to jump later on and so you think it might be you know if it's the first couple times the thing is cantered okay no problem if you got to get a little momentum going and hustle into it fine but then after that we need to be able to maintain our position maintain our leg pressure without collapsing at our hip and also importantly keep enough contact to support the amount of leg that you're putting on so that your horse has no place to go but up you know, that's what your hand and leg is. It's a steering machine. It's a space machine for me. So if I create space somewhere, I'm trying to create space for the horse to go, and, and that means that I want them to go there. If I want them to go to canter, I've got pressure in front, pressure behind, and they're going up into canter. If I want them to rush forward, I have pressure with the leg. If I want them to come back, you know, I have more pressure with the hand. It's just a whole pressure game. And really one doesn't work all that well without the other, but when you do your canter transition, so now I'll just try to work into this because she's been walking well for a while. Um, you have to make sure that you're situating yourself for your horse to be able to lift through their shoulder and sit on their hind end. And you, you know, a lot of us have this other horrific habit of leaning over our horse's inside shoulder to check a lead. So I want you to think about how hard it is for the horse to actually get the correct lead if you're jumping on that side of them. They're going to go opposite of you always. So I'm going to sit behind. I'm going to the right rein right now. I want to feel like my left seat bone is feeling her left hand right now. Okay, I've got it. I'm going to make sure that my right leg's closed just behind the girth. Okay, and whether you've taught your horse off the inside or outside leg, it's a little bit Um, nuanced. You know, there's a bunch of different ways that we can train horses, but this is just this particular horse. I'm going to sit on the left hind, balance myself, make sure that I have my contact, that she's shaped and not leaning, and then I'm going to apply my leg pressure. Lovely. We have worked on this. Okay, but the one thing that she's doing in this moment, so I'm going to continue sitting because she's battling my hand. And I don't want her to lean on me for balance, I want her to lean on her hind end. Which means, you know, if your horse is really heavy with their mouth in the canter, okay, and I know it's hard because sometimes it feels like they're running, you really have to be strong enough to add leg so they can lift and carry themselves. So it's the same thing with her. You know, it takes some time, but I am pushed her into my outside rein, so that she's connected on that one. She feels a little less heavy on my right rein. And it's a constant, you know, horses are in motion all the time when you're riding. So I think the mistake is thinking that you're gonna set yourself a certain way and not have to make adjustments. We have to be fluid, right? So I'm just kind of constantly correcting, no, we're not leaning right. I want you to connect to my left rein And she's got like a lovely frame going on. I just feel like it could be a lot lighter. So I'm going to work on that with my leg. Leg, leg. Good girl. Throw her on a circle to practice. So she has to kind of really sit on my outside aid and lift. And then I'll have her come down to walk nice and straight. Good girl. Super. And then one step at a time. We're coming down. Post, post, sit, sit, walk. Hold the line. Good girl. Super. I might be out of time soon. I better check this thing. Okay, we're getting there. Still recording. Still got a couple of minutes before it shuts me off. Good girl. So I'm going to do the same thing to the left. I know. It's a nice day out today, a little windy, so I don't know how this is going to turn out. But yeah, and also making sure too, I think another great little tip is if you have one of those horses that has a little meltdown every time you walk because they're anticipating, then you have to stop dropping your reins in between exercises. Like if I just go to walk right now and I drop my reins entirely, and then I go to pick them up because I want a canter, my horse is automatically gonna be all tense and excited because she knows that that means that we're doing something. So if you're working, you're working. If you're relaxing, you're relaxing. You gotta make it really clear and use that type of contrast when you're training, okay? If you have a horse that's already kind of been there, done that, and they don't really care, that's fine. But it's super easy to accidentally teach them to ready themselves when we pick up our reins if in between sets of trot and canter and just work in general, we're dropping them and then picking them back up, okay? So I'm never letting go of that connection and I'm always trying to have a really active walk until I'm truly done. And then when your horse is more educated, you can practice, you know, playing with that a little bit and making sure that you're not teaching them any bad habits by dropping or picking up the reins at the walk but you can get a little bit more technical with it and get them to be less reactive about it later on in life but we don't want to walk drop the reins gather them back up and have a very anxious horse because they're ready for you to do something so anyways let's pick up this left canner in the same vein i'm gonna just drop my seat bone down to the right hind a little bit make sure she's balanced underneath herself she really likes to escape me uh right this way So I have to be a little bit harder on my outside aids. So we're turning left at this point in time. We're gonna stay on a left canner. And so your right rein and your right leg are kind of acting as a wall. And your inside leg and your inside hand are kind of your softer aids for the bend. And so we'll just ask for the canner here. Good girl, took her a minute to figure it out. And I think that's why, you know, making sure That you can hold your position when you're putting leg pressure on that you don't fold forward because you're squeezing so hard or you don't tip to look for that lead on the inside shoulder is so important because sometimes when you have a horse like this that doesn't know exactly what it's doing it needs you to stay and ask the same exact question for a long period of time until they give you the correct answer because what happens is if you're not strong enough to do that and you change you take the leg off you put it back on you lean you collapse that's a whole new question so maybe they were just about to pick up the correct lead for you and you drop the contact or you take your leg off and you fall in with your shoulder whatever it is oh okay wait what i'm i think this is a different question and then you know how those you almost have it and it feels like all of a sudden your horse escapes just to be outside of you or something like that that's definitely a, a, nice, a rider error for us, right? Good girl, Chirat. Ooh, good girl. So you have to be very mindful of how we act in the transitions. If we're having trouble with our horse's transitions, are we being consistent in the way that we're using our contact and our leg? Good girl. I'm just, I wanted to throw a little trot transition in there and see how she'd be. She's being good. Good girl and downward transition nice and slow nice and straight perfect I just don't know how it sounds when I'm like posting around or cantering around so hopefully it's not hopefully it's not too uh, windy feels windy to me but I think that this audio is gonna cut me off I'm gonna do a little bit more work with her I'm gonna now throw in some transitions some direction changes I think I might pop a little X with her here but hopefully that was helpful for you guys if you like this type of thing I'm sure it would be a lot more interesting to follow with a video but I also think you know if you can visualize these things and articulate the concepts in your mind you're going to become a better writer. I have to do that all the time um, sometimes I don't have enough context to make decisions and I have to really think about the feel and not watching and actually thinking and visualizing has really helped me with the feel and feel is a very hard thing to teach so anyways let me know if you liked it send me a message share it um because i will do some more of these on different horses and kind of <laughs> maybe there'll be something that resonates with you and your horse you guys have a good one okay that is everything for this episode today let me know if you guys liked it there's also a um, option where you can send me an audio message on here. I would love to hear your voices. If you have any questions, any comments, I would love if I could share them on an episode. So don't be afraid to submit um, a voice note and I will see you guys next week or who knows when.